Good morning, Orchardville. Man, that makes you feel like you're in the South, doesn't it? Make you want to order white beans and cornbread, doesn't it? Put coleslaw on your barbecue. If it seems like I'm out of breath, it's because I am. If it seems like I'm a little overweight, it's because I am, but not for long. That might be where I'm at now, but that's not where I'm going to stay. I've had some motivation to lose weight. The motivation is I want to live. I've been on this low-carb, high-protein diet without sugar three and a half days now. Thank you. I need the encouragement. I'm here to encourage you. You're here to encourage me, hopefully. But we're all here to worship the Lord today, aren't we? The term little white church, that can be a weird statement, can't it? Because everybody has different perspectives of things. When I hear that term, I don't necessarily think of a little bitty white church that's always a little, little church. However, well, a few years ago, we had got a church given to us. Um, it's just down the road here, about a mile, and it was the new church. Louis uh, Sharp used to pastor it for many years, and uh, they had given it to us. And I'll tell you, we refer to it here as, on staff as the Little White Church because we are literally down there about three, four times a week. Um, we've got a, like a lot of the props and stuff that you see in here and different things that we use for messages and stuff. We have it in there and we rotate stuff in and out. So there's a lot of action that comes in and out of that little church and it is still alive. It is still alive and it's just as much a part of this ministry as any other part of this building here. And so I'm very thankful for the folks that had come before us and that now we're getting use out of it as well too and the ministry is carrying on. Also, most everybody in here knows pretty much most of the history of the church. Um, some of you may not know quite as much. Uh, Miss Karen, uh, she's all the time telling me stories, her and Miss Linda and, and Gail and Rodney and different ones that was here whenever um, they first started the church down here in what was the teen basement now. And um, whenever I hear the term Little White Church, although then when it first started, it was a little basement. It hadn't gotten white for a few years till they built up. And Karen told me and Linda um, on... The, the basis for what they started the church was, and it wasn't necessarily the ulterior motive to get to be the biggest church in Orchardville. <laughs> but it was, it was built on love and to show the love of Christ and to love one another and to love even the unlovable because I am unlovable. Many of people are unlovable the way that we were when we came to Christ. And so this was the basis of the foundation of why the church was started. Now, we can't live in the past, but it's good to know 
the roots of where we came from, isn't it? Those handful of people that first started the church, they had this basic um, collective agreement of this is why we are starting the church. They wanted to be able to worship freely and to show the love of God. And you know that some of those people are maybe not with us anymore or maybe passed away, who knows, but the very, we talked about this last Wednesday night, um, the very DNA that's within what they believed is within us now because it's been passed on throughout. You may not have known some of the individuals that was involved in the starting of this church, but there is a part of who they are in Christ that is in us. We were talking Wednesday night about um, people that uh, uh, come into the church, especially ones that's been here for the first time, of what makes them want to come back. And the common denominator, uh, one of the common denominators for that is if they are being shown that uh, friendly, if we are being friendly to them. Um, people don't want to come someplace where people are not friendly. If I go to a restaurant and the waitress is rude, I will usually give them one more chance. But that's it. People don't want to have to come back to some place where they're treated poorly. And um, some of you knew Lonnie Lawler, and some of you didn't. He was the nicest gentleman that you could ever imagine. He actually instilled in us what it was like to be a good greeter and to show love to those that walk through the door. We talked Wednesday about part of Lonnie's DNA is actually within us. Not necessarily physically, but spiritually. Some of his spiritual DNA is within us. This is why we greet people the way that we do, is we've been trained that way. That's what we know. That's what we know, is how to be friendly to people. And it's really, you know, friend, being, showing yourself friendly is the first step to showing the love of Christ. Some of that DNA is there. The, the uh, mindset of being a little white church isn't what I'm talking about. It's about being, keeping what is the core of why we started what we started. To show the love of Christ. If you would, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. Zechariah 4, verse 10. If you don't know where that's at, don't feel bad. Turn to Matthew, go backwards, and you'll see Malachi. Go one more book, and you'll see Zechariah. I'm not teaching out of Malachi. You're saying, thank goodness, because he'd, be, he'd be teaching on tithing. I'm not teaching out of there. The book before that. Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 10. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this day. Lord God, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my physical family, and I thank you for my church family. 
Lord, I thank you for the day that we get to come together collectively as a church and worship you, sing praises to you. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit to be upon the preaching and the teaching of this word and the hearing in Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, for who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. In the New Living Translation, the first part of that says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings. Some versions may say, despise not small beginnings. The other day in the break room, uh, Karen Wason, she started talking and she said, despise not small beginnings, and she started to preach. And I said, hold on, sister, you're, getting, you're stepping on toes here, you're getting into my message. <laughs> but that was confirmation to me that I might be doing okay this week, so we'll see. Despise not small beginnings. See, Zechariah was a prophet around 520 BC when he started prophesying And during that era, many Jews were returning um, from Babylonian captivity to rebuild, rebuild Jerusalem and the temple, which had been destroyed by the Babylonians. Zechariah was instrumental in inspiring his fellow Jews to rebuild the temple. See, they may not have much to start with, but that's okay, because despise not small beginnings. You see, God can take a little bit and bless it, and he can turn it into a lot. Without God's blessing on it, we're just working. God can take a little and make it a lot. One of my wife's favorite stores, <laughs> there's a little bit of history about it. In 1970, David and Barbara Green took out a $600 loan to begin making miniature picture frames out of their home. Two years later, the fledgling enterprise opened a 300-square-foot store in Oklahoma City, and Hobby Lobby was born. Today, with more than 800 stores, Hobby Lobby is the largest privately-owned arts and crafts retailer in the world with 32,000 employees and operating in 47 states. That family is a Christian family, and they operate it as a Christian business, and God can take a little, bless it, and make it a lot. There's a good lesson in that. Matthew 13, verse 31 through 32, I won't make you turn there, and I'll go ahead and read it. It says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and become a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. You see, a mustard seed is so small, but just like most other seeds, it produces and grows and it gets, turns into something really big. Whatever God blesses, he can take a little and make it into a lot. And I promise you that 
sometime here this summer after church, we are going to go out here after church to the big oak tree and we're gonna take a church picture. I think that would be one of the most awesome things and hopefully we're gonna get to do that with a new pastor. And I think that would be a great way to start out. So anyway, be looking forward to that. Um, Not everybody has the ability to dream. For many years, I really didn't, whenever I was younger, I really didn't feel like I had the right to dream, let alone dream big. You know what I mean? Dreaming really big. Because I just felt like that this is the little cubicle that I have been destined to live in, but yet I didn't realize that God had a bigger dream for me than that. And see, not everybody is born with the same circumstances. Now, I came from Seoul, Korea. Whenever I was a baby, I was adopted and brought over here. Well, I should have known already, George, you have the right to dream big. (laughs) Halfway around the world, you've got the right to dream big. I want you to look at your neighbor on both sides, and I want you to tell them, you got the right to dream big. Now I want you to tell them, God can take a little, bless it, and make it a lot. You see, it's not where you're at right now, but it's where God wants to take you. Because I may, be, I may weigh 228 pounds now, but that's not where God wants to take me. No, he doesn't want to increase that. This, in this case, he wants to decrease that. It's the opposite, okay? It's the opposite. See, he, he even was able to take a young shepherd boy named David, and he turned him into the ultimate warrior and a king. And David, was a, the one who was anointed, was allowed to dream big. I'm telling you, young people, you have God's anointing upon you to dream big. I'm telling all you old codgers, you still have God's anointing upon you to dream big. And yes, I am an old codger now. Because once you hit 50, there's not too many shopping days left till Christmas, if you know what I mean. Dale, we still have the right to dream big. God wants us to. He's got more. We're not done yet. Look at the Oasis group, man. They're, they're knocking it out of the park. We had one. Yeah, we had an unbelievable fish fry there. You would have thought they were like the teenagers or something. Don't get me wrong. They weren't flirting and stuff. Maybe you're here today and you think there's no hope in your life. 
that's a bad place to be. That's another reason why this church was started was to give people the hope of Christ in their life. If you don't have nothing else in your life, let me tell you, you have the hope of Christ. Sometimes it can get to the point where you even think, man, I just don't even have anything left in me. You know what I mean? You know, I, you get to the point to where you're just like, I'm done. I just don't have nothing left. I'm out of gas. Done. But I'll tell you, when most people do that and they throw up their hands, it's usually a, a plea and a cry for help. And see, God can take a little, bless it, and make it a lot. Just a very small inkling of you saying, God, save me. Help me. Lord, help me. And he can take a little and make it a lot. He used a young boy, and he had five loaves and two fish. And Jesus blessed it and fed the 5,000 men, not just the men, but their families too. This was the biggest fish fry ever. You want to know what was bigger than that miracle? I don't think they fought. You try to have that big of a feed and everything, and nobody got in an argument. It didn't say so in the scripture anyway. Huge miracle. God can take a little, and he can make it into a lot. He took a baby named Jesus, and he was born in a manger. And Jesus lived a sinless life. He gave his life for us, was crucified, shed all his blood and all his tears. They buried him in a tomb, and he rose from the dead, and he's alive today. I'm going to tell you what, God can take a little, bless it, and he can make it a lot. He wants to do the very same thing in each and every one of our lives here and our families' lives and in our church. If the musicians would come. If you all would please stand. I preached pretty short this morning, but as I told the staff, I don't chew my cabbage twice, unless it's really good. But we've got some really important stuff that we're going to share with you here in just a little bit. And it's going to take a little bit of time, but you're going to love to hear what we got to say. The transition team is going to come up, and some of them are going to share with you this week and some next week. And that's transition team, not transmission team. (laughs) They're going to share with you a little bit of not just facts that they've gathered and this and that, but they're also going to share with you their heart. But before that, I want us to give, give everybody an opportunity here. If there be anybody in the building who has never given their life to Christ, please come forward today as they play. And um, we want to give you the opportunity to ask Jesus into your life today. 
And you might even say, George, I don't know. I, I, I'm not much. And I'm going to tell you, God can take just a little bit, bless it, and he can make it a lot. If you need, uh, if you need prayer for salvation or if you need prayer for healing or whatever's going on in your life today, I would ask that you would come up for prayer as they play.
if you love not just Orchardville Church, but the church of America and around this world of followers in Christ, let's give God a big praise offering today. Thank you.